Welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your co-host, Ben, and I'm joined by my fasting brother of Islam. <laughs> this is Omar. Ramadan Mubarak, man. I think we should start off with that. Ramadan Mubarak. Yeah. How, how have these uh, past few days been? You know what, man? The the first day and only the first day, it was pretty, um, it was pretty easy. Okay. You know, like I didn't really, you know, I didn't really struggle too, too much. Uh, I didn't really feel all that hungry, but it was the past couple days that have been so difficult. And it's usually past six o'clock where it just becomes unbearable. Like I'm so hungry. I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. Like right now, it's a good thing that we're doing this at 514 PM, because if we did this an hour later, I don't think I'd be able to. So irritable. I would just completely be. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'd just yeah. be pissed off at everything. The takes would be like yeah. a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. Man, shut up. So <laughs> please, please tell me you're you're not watching food videos because that's, oh my God. That's, the, that's the worst thing that I've done for years while fasting. <laughs> like, so last five years or whatever, I've been in school. I'll come home from class or whatever if I went to class. I mean, if mom and papa watching, I always went to class. Um, uh, so go to class and then come back. And then for like three hours, I'll just be laying on my bed, just watching food videos. And I'll get so hungry. I tell Wait. myself, I'm going to nap. I'm going to nap. And I go to bed and I'm just on my phone. I don't end up napping. And I just watch all these food videos. Wait, but why do you do that? I don't know. I'm hungry. Why do you do that? I'm just watching food videos. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me, let me just watch this i don't know man it was- what do you mean let me just watch this you're putting yourself through danger you're putting I, yourself through a lot of harm by doing things like that you yeah. can't just say i'm just i'm just doing it because i'm doing it you know what the thing is i'm never um i'm never i never get hungry or thirsty by watching other people eat or anything like that like sometimes like you people that aren't fasting or aren't muslim they'll they'll like be really apologetic if they're eating or drinking something in front yeah. of them, right and like that's never affected me i'm like that's fine like do you like uh trust me i'm good but for some reason like watching people prepare food and like watching mm. stuff like that, i just get so hungry i don't know why i do it because you can't see the person like well i don't know about the videos that you watch but some of the cookie videos that i watch i don't see the like 40 year old big bald man behind the camera making it you know what i'm saying like i watch the food itself so i think because of that you kind of put yourself in that person's shoes because you're eyeing it now yeah and it's like yo it's like i'm making it and i would taste it right now or i would do this right now you know what i mean like it could be those little things that really put you through it but you know what just because you did mention um watching other people eat not affecting you well watching other people eat did affect me oh okay okay because man i don't know how i got into this i was just watching a bunch of uh fitness youtubers and there's this one guy um his YouTube channel is called Shredded Sports Science, and it's 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 a good it's good content. You know, like uh, it explains stuff that I don't really understand. And to be honest, even after watching the videos, I don't quite understand it still. But you still drop that attempt. like and move on. I still drop the like and move on. But one of the videos was talking about this YouTuber called Nicocado Avocado. Okay. Do you know who that is? No, and honestly, I don't know if I want to know. Like, yeah, I, no, I might really be better don't. off. I I might you be better. Really if the man's me, name is Avocado. Nicocado Avocado. So he's this uh he's this mukbang mukbanger. Do you know who do you know what mukbangers are? Uh, so I recently did learn that term. Okay, yeah. so recently. Okay, so yeah. we're all kind of on the same wave. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was just talking about how disgusting this guy is. He's a man child of YouTube. He used to be a vegan. He used to be like the way he looked, he looked like 90 pounds. Okay. And now there's like a then and now video, and he's like 
three hundred plus. He just gained so much weight. Oh, of course, of course, only muscle, pure fat, and his mental、yeah. health is deteriorating. It's disgusting. And man, I just—I guess I just wanted to get your opinion on mukbangers. Like Nikocado Avocado is obviously a you know an exception with the way that he acts, but there are other YouTubers like Stephanie Sue or whatever. I don't know how I got so deep into this mukbanger stuff, but I just saw a bunch of YouTubers. A lot of people are saying, like, regardless of how your metabolism is, these food challenge videos are just disgusting,、yeah. and you're wasting food, and it's. Yeah, it's for the entertainment of others, but at what cost? So, like, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think about mukbangers? Okay, so I don't know if all mukbangers overeat and do like competitions. I think just some just have like meals and then they just record that. So the overeat people, I agree with you. I,、yeah. I feel like it's just a waste of food. It's like, what's what's the point? You're you're Really, like there, I I don't see any value in doing this. Yeah, and this is coming from a guy that overeats quite a bit. You know, like <laughs> you and I, have, you and I, we have you and I both, buddy. Yeah, you know, we've been through it. But、uh, I look back and I'm like, there was no need. I could have stopped so long ago. I didn't need to eat all that.、Um, yeah, that's one. And then the other, I I cannot watch any of those videos, and it's mostly because the sight and. And the sound of other people eating just irks me too much.、Yeah. The sound, especially, like especially when they're doing like、uh, noodles or something.、Mm, yeah, they're slurping noodles. Like, you're welcome. Ah,、uh, so so, <laughs> uh, Jay Kenji Lopez Alt. He does he does food videos on on YouTube. He's like been around for a long time. He's like an OG in it. He's he's re- been recently posting a lot of content because of the quarantine. He's at home, so anytime he's just doing a meal, he'll just throw on a, a go- head-mounted GoPro, record himself, and they're really good movies.、Uh, sorry,、uh, videos because it'll be the whole process end to end, no edits, and you just watch it. And it's like something nice you could have on the background. You learn a whole bunch of kitchen skills. At the end of the video, he'll taste the food, and I just can't watch that part of it because I just hear. Because the GoPro's right here on his head, and I just hear him eat, and it, the sound of the crunching, whatever it's going to be, yeah, I, I can't handle that. I cannot handle that. For some reason, in person, it's not that bad. I mean, when we have、uh, family dinners in our apartment、um, in yeah, Waterloo, yeah, we're living yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Like we all ate together, that was fine. But this, for some reason, in a video when it's condensed, when you have a really nice microphone, and then that's all you can hear, I just can't stand it. Yeah, I, I kind of. I kind of find it a little creepy. Like I know,、yeah. I know we had an ASMR episode before,、yeah. and I think I had similar, I had similar thoughts about this part, right? Because it is, it does go hand. I mean, mukbanger is that. It's like an ASMR thing. You hear people slurping and eating, and you know, like I guess they do talk as well. There are some YouTubers who don't talk at all. It's just the sounds. But there's some YouTubers who engage in conversation, and I mean, maybe you know, like that can work with some people. You just want to eat with somebody. Like I can, I can understand that part. Uh, but yeah, the sounds really, really irk me as well. And you know, I'm thinking about it now.、Um, me, me, and you both, we used to love Furious Pete. Yeah.、Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even say I used to love him. I still love the guy. He's gone through so much. Yeah. Right. But I, I don't know. Do you think it's a maturity thing, or is that content just not for us anymore? Because I, that that he is doing what we're saying we don't like. Right. You know, like I, I really do think it's a maturity thing. Do you remember?、Um, Oh, man, I cannot remember their names. Epic meal time. Epic meal time.、Oh、my <laughs> God, I have not thought of them in so long. 
they're the go- they're the godfathers of this ASMR stuff. They did yeah. this. Yo, so these guys, I would love their videos yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Furious Speed, and like it would be so interesting to watch all these things. And now I look back at it, and I'm like, why? Like, yeah, th- it, it's just why. I I don't know how else to describe how I feel about that. It's like, why would you do this? What? Why would you? upload it like why did i like this when yeah. i was younger i questioned myself what the hell was i thinking why did i find pleasure in this now we were some muslim boys trying to get some bacon strips and bacon strips and bacon, bacon strips, strips and t-shirts <laughs> like muscles glasses i actually um well not recently but maybe like like six months ago or something i out of curiosity i don't know how yeah. you know like the way i make my time go now is just randomly just browsing youtube stuff and just really really you know going into youtube yeah. And I remember just searching up Epic Mealtime and watching some of the older videos that I would previously love. It had Muscles Glasses and had all these classic people. Yeah. Me and Isam, um, shout out him. Um, we would love these videos, especially him. He yeah. was a huge Epic Mealtime guy. Like, look at these guys eating so much and look what they're doing. Yeah. And you're, you're, maybe we're just desensitized to it or it's just maturity. But looking at it now, it really does just look gross. Like, yeah. What are you guys doing with all this? You know, like they're dipping it into what was their thing again? Um, what was that? Uh, it was a lot of the henny lick? always. Henny right? was it? Henny yeah. was it? Was no Jack no. Daniels? Jack Jack, Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah, Jack Daniels. Yeah, that. That's what it was. Um, Everything's got to have bacon and Jack Daniels. <laughs> got to be yeah, two Muslim boys all fasting watching. <laughs> but you know what though? It did get me. I did enjoy eating. Um, like and watching them at the same time, even if it was Bacon and Jack Daniels, just something about it. Just I don't know, man. I was a weird kid, but I was be just like ninety percent of other kids. They they love that stuff, right? Like so. So so let me ask you this. You know, the whole uh idea of isolationism has come up a few times in this podcast. In I don't remember the number, but a few episodes ago, we had Harmeet on the pod, and we talked a lot about how society and culture and art specifically are mm. changing as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and everyone being indoors and how we what we look for in art is has changed. With people feeling lonely all the time, with people feeling isolated and lacking that human mm, contact, are we going to see an increased rise in... Things like this, uh, like mukbangs, uh, Twitch streams, like it yeah. makes you feel like you're a part of a community. Like Twitch streaming was huge already, but I think now more than anything, now it's a way for content creators to connect with their fans. Yes, but the fans to feel like they're a part of something. That's all it is, man. I think that's that's all it is. Like you will find, I'm thinking off the top of my head, um, do you remember that YouTuber who just doesn't say anything? He just makes stuff. Forgot oh, forgetting the um, name. It, outdoors, right? It's gonna uh, kill me. Outdoors, yeah. yeah There's this uh, YouTuber who makes stuff. I just, I, it's gonna kill me now. I really, really want to know. Pre prehistoric? No, it's not prehistoric. No, uh, pre. Um. All right. Uh, keep keep going. I'll give you the. Yeah. Name. So the basically, name. this YouTuber, and um, I think it's a similar idea to ASMR. You know what? It isn't a similar idea. It is ASMR, and the reason why it's so popular, I agree with you 100%, Omar. It's because. Everybody, all these kids now, we're all just lonely. And this is pre-corona. Mm-hmm. This is pre-pandemic. Now with the pandemic and people feeling even more lonely, yes, we're going to see a lot more content like that. I want to be surprised if it's, uh, you know, a bunch of other things. Like, let me take you on this journey, you know, 
what are some other like ridiculous things that people ironing their clothes? I, like, I, hey, I, just I, I, I have some, I have some ridiculous. <laughs> you know, just, Pr- just primitive, doing primitive, dishes, no, primitive, primitive technology. technology. That's, that's what I knew. Was. I knew it was gonna. It was killing me too. It was killing me. Yeah. Okay, so I'm kind of guilty of this. I I recently got into. So I told you. Oh, this takes us back now to one of our first episodes of you know if you had a year to do whatever the hell you wanted to do a break you know a sabbatical uh and you, money wasn't an object family all that wasn't an object you do anything you want what would it be and i said sail around the world right like yeah a solo sail around the world so i found a youtube channel of some guy who does solo sailing trips no so, way, so this guy this guy lives man. in la he lives in la and he's a he was uh an imagineer at disney um it's like a title that they have for like i don't know some of their jobs or something so he worked at disney and then he realized he really he loved sailing uh sam home sailing is the is the name of the youtube channel he loved sailing he'd been doing as a kid and then he stopped for a long time then on weekends he started again in 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 la and then you realize he wanted to just live off a boat and sail around the uh, sail around the world so for the for like a year and a half he just sold his apartment lived on that boat saved up money fixed it up and then he sailed from LA to Hawaii. He just he just wow. did that solo. And then he just went from island to island in Hawaii, just like taking his time. He has nothing to do, island to island. And then I think now he's back in he's in Florida, I think. He has a, another boat and he's like thinking of other trips that he can do around. So I watched his, it was like a 40, 50 minute video of him sailing from uh obviously edited because it was a multi-day trip about sailing from Los Angeles to Hawaii. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm watching this. I don't know how to sail. I don't know if I'm ever yeah. going to get into it, but it was this experience of, you know, being connected to something. I myself can't go out and do fun things like that, but I can watch someone else doing it. And I feel like yeah. I'm a part of it. I think what you said um, is exactly why a lot of people do it. I myself can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, I think the reason why people watch such pro players in gaming um, especially you for League of Legends is because you know you can't do what <laughs> I, I had really to throw that in so there. Bad. I had to throw that in there. Uh-huh. But um, what I was gonna say was, man, like I won't be surprised if you know those movies. Um, maybe Ready Player One. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie. I've I've heard about it, but I haven't watched it. So I'm remembering the gist of the movie, but you're basically, you know, like the real world is like some mad max apocalyptic stuff right okay but you put on this virtual headset and now you're this you know like you're in this like haven you're in this crazy space where there is no trouble and all that. and like there's a video game component to it i kind of forgot exactly what it was but even jumanji to a certain extent i'm just trying to make some more connections you know obviously it's not apocalyptic but you dive into another kind of universe in a way where you can be whatever you want to be, wherever you think you can be. I honestly don't see with the way that things are going with this whole idea of, you know, like everything is more online rather than in person and people are a lot more isolated. Um, I would not be surprised if, you know, maybe down the road we get something like that mm-hmm. where people are going to be buying virtual headsets to escape the reality of where they are right now, just so yeah. they can live in this artificial heaven and forget everything about it i i mean there's so many plots uh did you ever watch any of the matrix movies yes uh, yeah. yes so, all of them matrix you know uh living live in your simulation uh where everything is happy or face the reality of 
a messed up deteriorating world. And I don't mean to be that morbid. Our world's great. There's so much fun stuff to do, yeah, but of it's the, it's the theme of what do you seek? Do you seek quote unquote artificial pleasures or do you seek like raw visceral real life experiences? And yeah. it, it's, it's, it's an, it's an interesting dynamic that for a long time, this theme existed you know like when did that first matrix movie come out like so long ago right like think about the technology that existed there and think about the technology that exists now we have access to uh commercial and like sorry uh like at home vr and things like that you can do vr with your phone and like some cardboard from google and stuff like that right you have all these advances in technology that that possibility of spending a significant amount of time in a dream world or a make-believe world is now becoming real it's no longer just a science fiction plot right this is something that's yeah maybe in our lifetimes there will be think think about sports this is a basketball podcast right you and i can't go to basketball games if the nba could make it such that you could get the full experience through vr or get very close yeah very close to a full experience then i mean that would significantly change how we consume sports right and you know what? Considering I don't see how staves are going to be filled within the next couple months. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's something they will tap into. Imagine a completely virtual stadium where like yeah. everybody who's there is just virtual. But also imagine for the players how much that would suck. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, man, I'm just thinking about so many different movies that have done things like yeah. this. And it's like, at first you're like, oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure a lot of people thought when they watched Back to the Future and saw some of these cars are like, oh, that's nuts. I'll never happen. Yeah. What if we're looking at that right now, or we're looking at movies like The Matrix or um, Ready Player One or The Hunger Games even. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know what? Reality doesn't seem so far off. Yeah. Um, and you brought up science fiction. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've heard about this, but yo ufos 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 are confirmed and nobody gives a crap so so like um, the i need to know the full story hopefully you did a little bit more research than i did but so so that uh, basically for for those of you that aren't aware um there was the the pentagon uh recently declassified and released a ufo video and i think it's of an air force or navy pilot that's um sees like this flying object on their screen and they're like i have no idea what this is i have no idea how it's moving the way it is it's moving super fast it's defying a lot of like laws of physics that we hold to be true um the pilot pilots kind of freaked out and basically they had no idea what this was now this video is actually a couple years old because it got leaked to the news a couple years ago so this specific video is has been out there what happened uh a, a couple days ago was I think the U.S. government has something where it's like if they're not actively studying something, they must declassify it and share it with the with the with the public or whatever. So they released it and they officially said, "Yeah, this is an unidentified flying object. We don't know what it is," kind of thing. So that like it's no longer now like a conspiracy theory. I mean, we got to remember a UFO is just an unidentified, unidentified flying yeah. object. Now it could be something I make in my garage and I'm and I'm flying around and someone will see it. Be like I have no idea what that is, right? But the way it was moving, you had like trained pilots freaking out. Like, yeah, what is this? And I and I and I urge everyone to go watch the video. It's really interesting and and also kind of terrifying. Like all those memes of like 2020. It's like oh, 2020 can't get any worse now. It's like bet. 
Bet. Aliens come. Bet. <laughs> um, I saw the video and um, I like the way that they highlighted it. I think they highlighted it in black and you can actually see the circle. Yeah. You know, like you like your very stereotypical movie like yeah. UFO and it's just there. And um, it's funny because I thought I thought the most hilarious thing of all of this was the reaction to it or the lack thereof because when i'm going on comments all i'm seeing is things like man this is just a uh this is just a what's it called a distraction from the government yeah this is distract but people can't identify people don't know what it is they're not worried about this flying saucer like object what they're worried about is man this is a a distraction because you know corona yeah or or the memes i mean like it's been said if an asteroid was about to hit planet earth the last thing we would do as humans was create a meme where we'd put the jordan crying face on earth as astronauts <laughs> about to hit or something like that would be the the pinnacle of our accomplishment at the end of it so it's either just <laughs> so funny wait that's so funny like that's oh, actually damn, gonna, so funny yo we're all gonna die in like 10 hours all right yo let me make this meme real quick 10 billion like that's ridiculous yeah. that's ridiculous oh so, my god so you're right the reaction has either been getting angry or just making a joke <laughs> out of it yeah it's like oh what the hell this is a distraction or just like man 2020 it'd be like that it'd be like that but nobody's nobody's question like or like looking deeper into what is this what could it be yeah. you know like with the amount of people that put time into <laughs> grand theft daughter Grand Theft Auto trailer analysis. You would think they would use that same energy to to try to figure out what this is. Not saying they could, but to try. But no, you know what they're gonna do with Sen Omar? They're gonna be like, oh, there's a dog. Dogs in GTA confirmed. Dogs in GTA confirmed. That's what that they're gonna frame do. Frame by frame analysis of trailers, man. Oh my god. So what? Where do you fall um, in this in this spectrum? Are you the angry, unintelligible guy? <laughs> Just angry for no reason. Why are you angry? I don't know. Nah, I've, I'm, so I'm more on the camp of like, hey, this is kind of funny in, in the sense that like, look at how wild everything's getting. So I had seen the, I had seen the video before and the fact, uh, but that's not to discount the fact that like, you know, the government releasing it makes it even more official now. Yeah. I've always personally believed that aliens are real. I've always, I feel like we had an episode about space, uh, space and time, maybe episode five. I, everyone go back, listen to that as well. Uh, where we, I think we talked about it a bit and I've always believed that, that aliens are real. So my whole thing is, you know, why not? Maybe this is them, right? Maybe, mm. maybe this is aliens coming to visit. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm, it's a bit funny, but I'm mostly curious. I'm, I'm not really angry. I don't think that the government was trying to distract people. Like I, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but not like when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. I think those kind of comments are just, you know, conspiracy theorists being conspiracy theorists for the sake of being conspiracy theorists yeah um they're just like oh i got nothing else to do. ah blame the, the government they did something to someone profile picture so, Nas. It was <laughs> your classic That's the most accurate thing i've ever your, your heard oh everyone God. has gone to high school with someone profile picture is Nas. They're conspiracy theorists and their Facebook statuses or the most woke things you'll ever read. The most woke things. You know what, though? There is obviously something that they know that we don't know. And that's always been the case with with this. Like, I I find it very hard to believe. Like, oh, wait. Hey, guys. It's a video, you know. 
It's a UFO. Yeah. We don't know what it is. We're kind of freaked out. Ooh. <laughs> like, I really don't think that's how they're treating this entire thing. I'm sure um, they've had jobs on it since the first time they've seen it. It is a couple years old and they know yeah. exactly what it is. But yeah. 100%, man, there are aliens. There yeah. are other, um, there is other life in this in this universe and um i still don't know exactly how i feel i think i said before that i feel more scared that um we're here all alone um versus there other uh, versus there being other life forms within this universe but man when you see a ufo just flying around yeah. prancing around it gets kind of freaky like we don't know what they're capable of and yeah considering people doing protests to protest against stay-at-home orders it makes you think we're not the most intelligent species so going against aliens i don't know if i have my money on us um have have you watched the movie arrival it's it's an alien movie i'm I'm forgetting i haven't actually no it's a really good alien movie i reckon i highly recommend it you should check it out uh everyone listening as well so that movie, uh, it just kind of reminds me of, you know, in our mind, we've seen all these movies and we we think we have an idea of what aliens arriving here is going to be, right? Like, oh, it's going to be like, uh, they're going to just like, it's going to be a battle. We're going to fight him and stuff like that. My, my whole thing is like, what if we can't even communicate with them? What mm. if we can't? What if the aliens are here and we can't even like comprehend how they operate like we think that they move at the same pace as us right like yeah oh what if they land and it takes them a hundred years to even open the doors to their ship because that's the pace at which they move we're gonna be like oh aliens mm. just landed they're gonna open reach anytime it's like yeah. our idea of time and how quick something is what if they move so quick we can't even see them kind of thing right because that's You're just so their normal right. speed right it's like we always try to as humans we always make things in our own image right we try to we impart i'm forgetting the, the term for it but you know when they're human emotions we impart them onto animals that sometimes don't even feel those human emotions we see a cat and we're like oh this cat's so alone i mean that cat might be chilling right it's happy yeah. it doesn't feel loneliness but that's a human thing right so it's like all these human attributes of how something's going to be how something's going to behave what if that's just not even how they operate right like they're on a completely different wavelength that's always my my thing where it's like man aliens being here could like maybe it's not just going to be a war maybe it's going to be like for a thousand years we don't even interact because they're just the ship's closed and we're like well shit, we there. don't know what to do yeah and like you know you're right in this we definitely like humanify yeah you know, what yeah. the word is but we yeah. definitely make these you know like these aliens look well what if you know aliens don't look like merlin from mass effect 2 or they look yeah. like nothing from mass effect we have no idea how they can look yeah right they could we have an image in our heads and we expect them to look and operate like that yeah. but at that same kind of keeping that in mind that's what's so terrifying yeah it's the unknown now keep in mind they can be the most you know the most guardians of the galaxy, most beautiful creatures in the universe. That we know. But not knowing is so much scarier than knowing. Yeah. Right? Like I'd rather know how, what their, you know, um, what's the thing in Dragon Ball Z, what their danger power, level, or their power, power level, level yeah. is yeah. rather than not knowing at all, because that's so scary. Yeah. And, and, and my biggest thing is like, man, what if we can't, like, we don't know how to measure their power level. Like we have, yeah, like i'm i'm not the smartest guy like and shut up don't don't agree <laughs> i already know you're gonna be like yeah we know stupid ass. and 
math and science, we have all these metrics that we use to measure things, right? Uh, how quick something is, how how heavy something is, how strong something is, the explosive power of something, whatever it's going to be. We have all these metrics to measure something and we feel that we can look at anything and quantify it. What if they come and we just don't even know how to measure that? Like, we don't know how to measure their power level. We don't know how to measure any of these things. We don't right. know how to uh, uh, comprehend those things. So that's always interesting for me where it's like, if we do believe aliens are out there, like, and it's been so long and we haven't seen anyone, we, what if we're just, imagine trying to call someone with a cell phone in like the 1600s. They legit don't even have a cell phone. How will they receive your call? Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, what if that's what's happening? What if they're just calling us, trying to reach out to us, trying to talk to us? And we just don't even know what they're talking about. Like, they're like a fish trying to talk to us. I'm like, what do you mean? That's man, That's always interesting. You know what, man? It's like, I I think I uh, just on the web, I was just like searching some stuff up. And on the web. Like, wow. Look at you all hip. All hip with the kids. Yeah. You know what it is? The interwebs. Yeah. The interwebs. And man, there are there are tribes that we don't even know. Yeah, that are living on this planet right now. Um, so it's I don't know, like even that's even that's kind of kind of freaky itself, right? Like, how could there be an an uh, an entire civilization who doesn't use technology, who don't you you know what I mean? Or it could be the opposite; they have the most advanced technology of all time, and they're just keeping it to themselves. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't have to be there's some prehistoric caveman. It could be the exact opposite. And they're just in this like little space confined with the best technology and they have it all to themselves. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of similar to what like what aliens can bring. Like, what if they're here right now? We just yeah. don't even know it. Yeah. Like, uh, like, as you said, they could be in a ship, uh, uh, you know, and they landed and they're in Honolulu somewhere, yeah. you know, and they're just there for thousands and thousands of years. And and eventually one alien kid might get hungry and be like, hey, Papa, I'm going to go outside and get some food. And yeah. then that's our first sighting. I'm yeah. like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't know how they operate. And and you're right. The, the not knowing part is, is, is scary. But honestly, like aliens in themselves, like I'm always more interested then I am afraid. I think there are a lot of other things that I'm probably... Hell no. Nah. Omar, hell no. Nah. I'm calling you out on that cap. Homeboy, if an alien is here and freaking Wolf Blitzer is reporting it, you think you're going to be like, oh, that's really interesting. Hell no. Nah. Well, you're hiding in the bottom bunker. You're not coming out. Okay. That's scary, man. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Are aliens your biggest fear? What's your, what's your biggest fear then? I definitely think like... I don't know about it. Yeah, I guess other life forms. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it could be um, spirits or, you know, like things like that really freak me out. So my personal, like really, really scary experience. Um, this was when I was a kid. Um, my family and I, we were going to Huntsville in a resort. Uh, I think it's called Deerhurst Resort. So anyways, we we're going there and it was extremely foggy uh, this entire time. And, you know, like... Um, this is in, you know, Deerhurst Resort. There's a bunch of hills that you have to get through. It's a very, very like, you know, like up, all the way up north type of place, right? Yeah. Huntsville. So it was it was a nighttime and we're just, you know, like trying to find where this resort is. So we're going through these hills and it's super foggy. So we have the, uh, my dad's constantly flicking the lights, right? So we keep going, we keep going. And I was getting tired, so I almost fell asleep. And then I kind of get back up. And Omar... As my dad was flicking the lights, you know, like it gets clear, it gets clearer a little bit. We see 
all of us, not just me, just not not just my account, but we see this white figure, like a man, like a white old man, just run across the street. And the thing is, if there were like houses or something or like another cottage, that would make sense. This was a forest. One end's a forest, the other end's a forest. When we saw that, we freaked the hell out. And it wasn't just me that uh, remembered it because my brother does. My mom also said, hey, do you, did you guys see that? And yeah. my dad also saw it as well. Everybody freaked out. That's Those crazy. kind of things really, really terrify me because yeah. I think, you know, at the, at, the end, at the end of the day, it's the ambiguity of it or the unknown of it. What could that, what could that be? Was it just a newspaper that fell across or yeah. was it an entire human being? Yeah. And that, that scared me, man. Humans, and you said ambiguity, that's a great word. That part always scares me. Like, so you and I have gone to like a bunch of cottages up north and, and things like that. And do you remember for uh, Ace's bachelor trip, we were driving up you and I a day late after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was already the night. And I think that was like a three hour drive and two hours of it was pretty much in just country roads, pitch black kind of thing. Yeah. So we're driving through this forest and stuff like that. And and we're just thinking, we're like, Yo, imagine if we saw someone here. It's yeah. the middle of it's nowhere. The middle of nowhere. And, and the scariest part is like, you don't know. You of course drive off. Like you're not gonna let someone in your car. And you're just thinking, like, what are they doing here? Why are they here? Yeah. How did you get here? What like what are your intentions? Do you want to hurt me? Like it's so much ambiguity. So I'll never forget what you said exactly. Yeah was uh, on you know like on that we were driving and um pitch black yeah. this was a night time when we did arrive and then to, again to the left we have forest to the right we have forest and we're on this road just by ourselves nothing you know it's just it's just us and now you said something where you're just like man ben imagine if we look behind us and we just see a car following yeah that kind of stuff is super scary as well yeah. because this is just one far away cottage. It's not like yeah. there's a bunch of other cottages around yeah. and we know everybody that's there is supposed to be there. Is there, we haven't seen a car in like 20, 25 minutes. Like, not at all. Exactly. No, yeah. That's what's so scary. We haven't seen a car at all, yeah. but then all of a sudden as we're pulling up, we just see two white yeah. lights yeah. following us as well. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if that car just stops. Yeah. What like the light's still there? We're just looking back at yo man, like that. You could yeah. make it as scary as you wanted to, yeah. but yo, it, it's, it is it's the, freaky. The, the humans ask me. However, that is not probably my biggest fear, though it's pretty up there. I think my biggest fear is my own mind playing tricks on me, because mm. no matter how scary anything gets, I always feel like okay, I can think through it. I can either rationalize it away and make sense of it or if it's an actual threat and it is scary i can like figure out a way to save myself or something like that yeah. right um driving down the road and someone it, i don't know is like drunk or like is a bad driver and like keeps swerving into my lane i'm scared that i'm gonna get hit but then it's like okay think through omar here's how you're gonna get out of it kind of thing right it's like you mm -hmm. you think through these things but if i can't trust my own mind that's when it starts scaring me like You've had, have you ever had deja vu? Oh, of course. Many times. Yeah. Deja vu really terrifies me because all of a sudden I start losing 
like re- I don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah, right. it's yeah, like yeah. I'm like, wait, like what is happening right now? And and I know everyone feels that same feeling, but then I start feeling like this, I don't know, this like deep fear, or I'm like, man, what if everything was 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 fake? Like, what if that day hasn't happened yet, or something like that? Freaking Truman um, Show. Yeah. So I also have on top of being colorblind, which I which I get roasted on significantly. My I have dyslexia. And my dyslexia, I'd say, is probably worse than my colorblindness. So dyslexia is just like you have trouble reading things. You you flip letters around, uh, and in and sometimes you need to like reread things multiple times to make sense of it. The issue with that is with colors, I know I'm bad at colors. So you put two colors, I actually can't see the difference between some of them. So I know I'm like I'm just going to avoid this situation. But reading, the way the dyslexia ha- happens is if I'm reading a sentence, I'll read a word in it. And my mind will tell me, hey, Omar, that's what that word said. I'm like, cool. I move on. When you're reading something, Ben, do you ever stop, go back and read it letter by letter and put together the words? No, you just glance over something, right? You just glance and your mind tells you what it says and then you move on. So that's what my mind does. And then I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I spend so much time like, I don't know, I'll see a headline for something. I'll be like, what the hell? I'll spend five or 10 minutes on Twitter. I'm like, why is no one talking about this? So-and-so just died or something happened and I'll keep searching. And then I'll go back to that headline. I'll see it again. And it'll say something different. And my mind is like, wait, that's crazy. And then, and then like, it's like, yeah, it's, oh, you're just dyslexic. You read wrong. But then I start getting like, really like scared. I'm like, man, that's my mind playing tricks on me. That's my mind saying, trust me. I know what I'm talking about. And then you can't trust it anymore. So that's can't trust like, yourself. Yeah. You right? can't trust, like, can't trust yeah. yourself. That's a crazy thought. So, so that that's my biggest fear, like losing grip of reality and like, you know, like losing my own mind in that. That that probably scare me more than anything. So things like dementia, that must freak the hell yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, dementia, Alzheimer's, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, to one hundred percent wholeheartedly believe something is real, and then just get hit with that. That's not real, or that didn't happen. And I'm like, what? That that's so scary. That's so scary for me. And I feel like we live in such a bubble right now with the way that a with the way that our worlds work i mean yeah. if you think about it like it's you know like you have work you have uh you have food you have like dinner you spend time with family and this routine goes on and on and on and on until you just die so yeah. imagine being told going back to matrix really yeah. like this isn't life or yeah. this isn't how it's supposed to be everything you know is a lie everything you know is falsified yeah how would you take that you know what I mean? Like, how yeah. would you take that? That would be crazy because here you are thinking like, you know, that that's the one thing that like people take for granted. Like amidst all this, everyone always has this belief that everything that they're seeing, everything that they're living through is real. No one ever doubts that. No one ever wakes up in the middle of the like in the morning. They're like, I don't know, brushing their teeth and says, am I really awake right now? Like everyone mm-hmm. just knows like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm experiencing these things and stuff like that. So to start questioning that, you start questioning everything. Everything. Everything's up for grabs. Like, is that person even real? Like, what's happening here and stuff like that? And like, that's just one rabbit hole that I don't want to go down because that would be terrifying. Then, then you can't even trust yourself. Then, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I remember thinking to myself recently, actually, where it's just like, okay, this is my life right now. Everything I feel, these are my feelings. Yeah. But I don't know if this has happened before, like uh-huh. kind of like a reincarnation thing. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, you okay. don't know if you've lived other lives in the past. Yeah. 
right? It's just like, like, like the thought of that. Of course, like religiously, they're obviously that's not the case. But it's just an interesting idea to kind of think about. Yeah. Where it's just like, huh, like, what if I lived exactly like this or a completely different way another yeah. time? Yeah. Or what if I wasn't, um, you know, like a Bengali Canadian guy and I was like, I don't know, a Caucasian, dude. like in, yeah. in a completely other, like alternate universe type thing. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff is like also kind of, yeah, so I love thinking about it. I love thinking about you it. You know, you know, what's uh, something you should keep in mind. It will probably trip you out now is there's, there's theories out there that there are multiple Univ- alternate universes that exist that are running parallel and like our timeline and all these other timelines are running parallel and when you have deja vu it's when the lines between these universes oh my god and and you're not remembering something that you've done you're remembering something that's happening somewhere else kind of thing and it's like those moments when like the fabric of the of these two universes and it's like super science fiction and I don't fully I don't believe in this stuff, but it's always a really good thought experiment. Like it's it's good to like experience that because it makes that the feeling of deja vu so much more like visceral than you're all of a sudden you're just like, damn, like what the hell? Did I just experience something I wasn't supposed to? Has anything ever has has this happened to you before where let's say like me and you were hanging out at um remember when we went to Aces Aces Batch, we were just like yeah. with two canoes and we were just, you know, like at the uh like around the corner or whatever yeah. um at the lake has this ever happened to you where you see yourself in like another perspective or what well, like what i mean by that is oh out of you, body like, out of body yeah so you have your eyes on yourself has that happened to you before this has I, happened to me like a lot dude <laughs> I feel like it it has like it, it I'm trying to remember like a specific moment but that feeling uh, yeah I'll give you an example like I remember being um like in a car seat okay and I remember seeing myself be strapped up to that car seat and like me crying in that car seat and I would just go back yeah <laughs> you know it did happen to me so I had um I don't I don't exactly know when this was I think this was during during this last uh, uh, year at school that I that I just finished, I, there was like a period where I had like pretty bad anxiety and I would have like uh, panic attacks and things like that. And I remember I was in my room trying to sleep once and I felt like I was like, I felt the, the, that anxiety coming up and that and that panic coming up. And I, I in that moment, I could kind of see myself in my bedroom lying in bed and like the walls were closing in and i saw like these walls closing in but i see myself laying there kind of thing like and then i go back into it and that was really crazy it was the first time i'd ever experienced something like that Uh, that's that's like the big one that comes to mind i feel like i i have it's it's always interesting like um i don't know what i believe in to the extent of what i believe in when it comes to like you know these paranormal supernatural occurrences and things like that but there are so many stories from so many people out there there's a really good podcast it's called unexplained by richard mclean smith it's like i've heard of that as, one yeah it's not as good as this podcast which you should definitely rate five stars on apple Podcasts. come over to our youtube channel the session <laughs> basketball podcast subscribe comment you know keep showing some love but it is a great podcast and what i like about that that podcast is the guy he does a lot of research into every episode is like a new story like a a new tale that he tells but they're not 
fake. They're all real. He does so much research into each story, each person's life. It's corroborated by multiple pieces of uh, like primary and secondary evidence. And there's so much effort that goes into it. And these are true stories. And they're stories about you know all kinds of weird stuff. People disappearing without a trace. People appearing without a trace. Um, uh, I remember one was about a time time jump where these 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 two women were were like in like modern day life all of a sudden they time jumps for them and they're back in the 1800s and they look around and everything looks like they're in the 1800s and then time jumps again and they're back to normal and stuff like that what i don't know if that's real but i feel like a lot of people have experienced some type of like time jump or something like that where they think time is what they what it, what they think it is and they look at it and they're like there's no way that much time has passed or how much mm. how is only this much time passed right because us perceiving time is almost like a sense in itself, right? Like you could stay alone for three hours without a watch or anything. And you'd have a pretty good idea on how much time has passed if you didn't have any of those things, because your body has a clock that it uses to perceive time. So when something goes wrong with that, and you start perceiving time differently, that's also crazy. That's in a sense, what I mentioned about my fear of your body playing tricks on you, right? But to for time to jump and you to start experiencing things in your surroundings different that's like a whole new level of like weirdness and it's like super interesting to think about like i've never experienced anything like that but i mean that's crazy like that's that's all i can say it's crazy it is crazy um and no minute goes by slower than when you're doing a freaking plank man oh my <laughs> goodness gracious that yeah. you know if you're talking about time yeah definitely yeah. definitely it goes back or it goes super slow then but man, let me ask you another question. All right. Talking about going back in time. Okay. That seems like a very, very interesting topic. Yeah. So, you know how you mentioned those two people went to the 1800s. Is there a time where you would want to go? Is there like a certain era that you want to experience? You can come back. I'm not saying you yeah. need to live there. So but you would need to, to be back, not forward. Let's say back. Let's say back. With the future, oh, yeah. with yeah. the future, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But let's say back. Yeah. You know, like where where would you want to go or like what would you want to experience? Ooh. Ah. It's a tough one, right? Like it's Yeah. I feel like minus the racism, the 50s would be so cool. <laughs> minus the racism. Yeah, like like the 1950s less racism would be amazing. Yeah. It seems like everyone's having a good time. You yeah. know, like like music is good, everything just seems so chipper and dapper and happy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it'd be it'd be interesting. But I think that's just off the top of my head. If I'm really thinking about it, considering I can go back. Yeah. You know, I would love to see things like I'm a huge history guy, man. Yeah. I love history. Yeah. So um being able to watch the uh, uh, the Battle of Thermopylae, is it? Yeah. The 300, the 300 yeah, yeah. thing. That'd Battle be so cool. Like what actually happened? It wasn't yeah. 300 people. What actually happened? How do they do this? Seeing yeah. their, you know, like the formations and all that, uh, that'd be really interesting as well. You know, it's actually 300 though. No, man. It's not actually 300. D- you, you know, Dan Carlin? He did a, he did a, 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 a series on, on it. Hardcore history. There's a there's a series on 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 that specific battle of Thermopylae. It's obviously Dan Carlin style, like eight hours or something like that. But uh, from from what I re- recall, it 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 mostly was that three hundred three hundred yeah. people get the I think, hell out I think, of here. I think it was around then. Yeah, 
I think I remember always being it. told, oh, it wasn't like that. Like, you know, like history kind of made it that way, but it's not actually like that. Like it well, was, it was I'm a lot pretty more. Su- I'm pretty sure they weren't half naked when they were like, <laughs> like I think, that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I think that part was probably made up, but, but I think the, the, the scale of the numbers was, was more or less for that one battle. I, I believe it, it was like that, but, but I digress. Um, you're right. Like there are a lot of like pivotal moments that I probably want to go back to, to, to experience. I'm thinking like, I don't know. Um, what was like Winston Churchill, like during the war, like mm. when, when he had to make tough decisions or something like that, to be in the room be and in the room, and, Mickey, yeah, that'd be uh, sick to be in the room when like some of these crazy decisions were made to, to be in the room when, I don't know, Einstein discovered, uh, like a, a new theory or, or something like that. Like, experiences could you imagine what it would be like to watch the first man walk on the moon the entire world shut down the entire world shut down and they were watching this to experience that yeah that would be crazy like a global event like that yeah i wonder when that will happen by the way when the first man will walk on the moon (laughs) (laughs) there's there's that profile picture nas it was written (laughs) moon landing was a hoax yeah so yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that man. The the thing about Winston Churchill, like he was a phenomenal leader. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of movies on him as well, and he had to make tough decisions. And um, back then, all you can use like your words, you have to be strong yeah. to to garner the support of all the people. You need to be strong. Yeah. So yeah, seeing that in action, yeah, no joke. Um, another thing that I was thinking about right now was if I could go back in time definitely the 90s to watch the goat michael jordan oh my God. <laughs> oh if only you'd go, you'd go back to the 90s not the 80s when he was all when he was losing you know? <laughs> <laughs> you were, well anyways omar i know you have caught up yeah let I me know have. your thoughts man what do you think about the last dance so far that last dance is good it's good, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's it's really well produced. It's well made. I don't know who the who the producer and the team is, and and sorry, Harmeet, like I should be giving them more credit, <laughs> but it's a really well made. It's a really well made uh, documentary. One of the one of the most enjoyable ones that I've watched recently. It's it gets a bunch of different perspectives. I find not always all of the perspectives that I would like, but it it gets a bunch of different perspectives. I, you know what? These guys were right. So I caught up uh, on all the episodes that have aired. I didn't watch any of the leaks just because Yeah, uh, for me, it's like I, one, I'd like to support them by watching on Netflix when, so they get whatever, I don't know how it works, but it's obviously they'll get more support if you watch on the official platforms. Um, But, but other than that, I mean, it's not like, Oh, I need to know what happens next. I know what happens. They win. Like it's yeah. not like a, a spoiler or anything. I just I want to experience it as everyone experiences it together, kind of thing. It's like this big journey that we're all going on together. So it I, I think it's good. I think it's telling a lot of stories that haven't been told yet, or at least haven't been highlighted. Yes. I'm glad Scotty Pippen got the the respect and the uh admiration through this because even myself, like I'm born in Chicago. I feel like I know a decent amount of basketball. I will tell you right now, I do not know all of these teams in the nineties. There were so many things that I just don't know about basketball, even the two thousands, right? Like there's so many gaps in my knowledge that I appreciate going back and watching things like this. So, so it's good. And 
I'm not going to lie. Like I, I have a whole new uh, respect and admiration for this Bulls intro music, man. Like it's, it's the classic intro music that I've always associated with, like, you know, losing and bad teams and things like yeah. that. And I watch it and it's like, I remember in that first episode where that music came on and, and Michael Jordan got introduced. I'm like, damn, this is, this is crazy. Like, and it really shows a lot about, you know, this, this franchise and it's rich history because there's so much that's, that's, uh, that's with the Chicago Bulls much more than losing and going through tough times. There's a yeah. lot of history behind there, man. And yeah, you're right. Like Scotty Pippen and jumping a little bit ahead to the uh, more recent episodes, uh, three and four now. Um, Man, Dennis Rodman, this guy, man, this, yeah. he's a character. He's such a personality. And I was watching with my dad, and my dad was saying the exact same thing. Like he, like, he was a personality. He's wearing wigs, he's wearing makeup, he's doing his own thing. Yeah. And to hear it from the man himself to explain why he does all these things, there's so many hidden interviews that we just don't know about. Yeah. And uh Rodman's um defense and his rebounding, he was not a dumb guy. No. He was not dumb at all. He so was so smart. He was gifted um, in, in terms of in terms of IQ. Um, and he absolutely had a major part uh, with with the reason why uh, with, with the reasons why Jordan won. And um, a, another thing that I will say because you're talking about things that you've learned, I was on the board of Jordan did everything by himself. Yeah. He did all completely by himself. Jordan was that Mamba, you know, like the killer, whatever mentality, like he goes and he's an assassin and he is. But what's also interesting to note is he took on a different play style to win. Yeah. When the GOAT coach Phil Jackson was like, dude, that's not gonna, that's not going to, um, what's it called? Um, work. Uh, in the, work. In the that's not going to make yeah. you win games. Uh, if you want to win games, you're going to need to pass it to, I think the uh, the example that they used was, was it Paxton? John Paxton, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was John Paxton. They, they passed it over to him. I know you're going to make a comment right now. I think it was something. But... <laughs> But yeah, they're like, yo, you pass with him and Paxton's hitting bucket after bucket. Yeah. And so trusting your teammates like that is what separated the boy, the boy Michael Jordan to the man Michael Jordan. And and you know what? Like honestly, this documentary should not should not create the amount of hate that it's generated for LeBron James. If anything, it should be validating how LeBron James has been playing. Like so much of the criticism for LeBron has been, oh, so-and-so saved him. So-and-so saved him. Look, LeBron at the end of games drives and kicks it out. And people say, why didn't LeBron take that shot? He doesn't have that killer instinct or something. It's like, that's literally what Michael Jordan started doing. And that's how they want games. He says in the documentary, drive and kick, drive and kick. That's what I got to do, drive and kick. And LeBron got killed throughout his career for doing that. Why didn't LeBron take the last shot? Why didn't LeBron take the last shot and stuff like that? So it's like, the 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 vindication and the validation for LeBron exists in this documentary. And it's not a documentary about LeBron, but I feel like, you know how people will just believe what they want to believe no matter what? The people that hate LeBron will take evidence in support of him and still hate him for it. Like, like that's, that's what's mm. happening here. And again, I don't want to make this a discussion about LeBron, but I'm just saying, like, we should all watch what these guys in the 90s did. These guys in the 80s and the 90s did what they had to go through, how they played, how they adjusted their style. And that should give us a 
much bigger appreciation for how the game's also played now. And again, this is not about saying who's better and what style was better and, and all those things, but there are so many lessons that have been passed down since then that, and so many play styles that exist now because of Phil Jackson, because of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, all these players and things like that, right? That it's it's crazy. It's like following a thread. You can legitimately follow a thread throughout the NBA to get to where we are. And what we're seeing right now, we will be able to follow that thread over the next five, 10 years. And um, I think this really also highlighted um, just how, you know, I know we talked about uh, the NBA being physical in the 80s and 90s before, but man, these, the bad boy Pistons. Yeah. Yo, Michael Jordan was getting his ass beat every single time he drove to the, uh, drove to the paint. Yeah. It was like, you, you know, like, I think, um, I, f- I forgot who it was who, uh, who, who, who just said it. I think it was like a player of the bad boy Pistons. And he said, yeah, if you got past us, Lambeer was there to clothesline his ass. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it was so physical back then, like to, to average the amount that Michael Jordan had average and to hit those shots still make me, make me think this man, how did he do it? Even Rodman said that mm-hmm. Rodman's just like, how did MJ do that to play at the level that he played at with the uh, physical abuse that he's gone through? Mm-hmm. And um, I know Charles Oakley was there to kind of be like that guy, to be like that enforcer guy to help out MJ. But when Oakley wasn't there, man, it was, you know, it's like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen calming Rodman down when he tried to get into fights. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, it's it's crazy. Like, like watching watching the last dance there when it really showed a lot more perspective into the 90s. And and it's not just the Pistons. What I'm hearing more from like ex-players and journalists that were around then, they're saying like the Pistons get highlighted because of the rivalry they had with the Bolts, right? Because Michael Jordan was the league, so everyone followed it. But the Knicks did it even worse than the Pistons and the Utah Jazz Mm -hmm. did it even worse and stuff like that, right? So it's like a lot of teams adopted that play style. And the Bad Boy Pistons get that moniker because why? They were NBA champions, right? And like, Every all that attention was on them, right? But it's like the Knicks beat the crap out of Michael Jordan, Utah beat the crap out of Michael Jordan, right? And it's like, and again, not just him, there are other players uh, that also went through this, right? But, but Michael Jordan was the face of the league, he was the best player in the league, so he had to face this the most. The Detroit bad boy Pistons get on my damn nerves. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. You talking man. about the, the handshake? The, the, the handshake thing. Off. Isaiah off. Thomas trying to defend it to this. Uh, Michael Jordan still can't see him to this day. Uh, you can tell from the from the documentary. Yeah. Uh, MJ yeah. cannot look at um, um, Isaiah Thomas like that. Too. I was going to say IT. It was funny because the current NBA player IT is like, yo, guys, why are you hitting on me? Like, I did something yeah. to Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but man, at the ECF, when you beat them, they always shook hands. That's just how it was. To not do that, that's a disrespect to the game. To just leave like that, no, nah, you can't defend that. You cannot defend that. My whole thing is they, I'm not going to defend it. Okay, I haven't played sports at a professional level. There are things that you and I will never be able to understand when it comes to like, you know, sportsmanship and things like that. Only players, like not even reporters can talk about this. Only players can understand it. So yes, I'm missing that context. 
But my whole thing's like in that interview, MJ is like, oh, it's, it's fine that they didn't shake our hands. If anything, it's better that they didn't shake it because we know we got them. You can't say things like it's better that you didn't shake them and then still hold the 30 year grudge. Like you got to pick one, right? You, like in the documentary, you said like, I'm glad they didn't shake our hands because it's better. We know we got them then, right? So it's like, okay, it's done. You got the satisfaction. Now you're going to move on. But but then you also can't play the card of, man, I'm hurt. You didn't shake my hand. Why didn't you shake my hand? That was a disrespectful move. I'm not going to forgive you. Right. It's like you got to you got to pick one or the other. Right. So, I think it's an example of him just trying to make trying to be bigger than this. Yeah. But then also remembering how petty he actually is, because MJ is the most petty, so um, petty, you know, maybe behind Shaq, definitely behind Shaq. Shaq is yeah. the pettiest of them all. Yeah, but um, MJ is definitely up there. And um. I think it, it really isn't about like uh, sports, sports like us not playing sports. I think it's a matter of just you see what one team did for another before. You keep that same energy now. It isn't yeah. about like sportsmanship. Like if you've done, if this team did this to you, it's only right that in a loss now you do this with them. I okay. think it's as simple as that. In, in defense, in defense of the Pistons, I will say this that. I mean, they were right. Like the 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 Celtics didn't shake their hands when the when the Pistons beat the Celtics. Like that apparently that was a thing. Now I can't comment on that, but for that one specific example that they get did give, they were right. Like, why don't we hold the Celtics to uh, such like we hate the bad boy? Man, screw the Celtics, man. <laughs> Where's Isom to defend the Celtics against this? Right? Like, why didn't the Celtics shake their yeah, hands? Yeah. Oh, bro? Bill Lambeer and uh, and um. Larry Bird hate they hate each other now, like to this day. Yeah. Yo, these old heads, they when they beef you for something, <laughs> they beef like, for they years. Forget it. They, they're they're not about rekindling friendships. You, you know that meme of like me showing up to my haters' funeral to make sure they actually dead? Like that guy posing in front of the funeral. That's what these guys, old old NBA players, you know, 20, 30 years from now are gonna be when they when when they start passing away. Bill Lambeer shows up to someone's someone's funeral just to make sure. Man, but yeah, that that was very, and another takeaway for me was um just how good Phil Jackson was. Yeah, he completely um changed the way that uh the Chicago Bulls played their offense because I think the coach before was give it to MJ, get out the way. Yeah, right. That Phil was Collins, the play yeah. style, and um that clearly didn't work. And Phil Jackson was the yo put your ego. Leave your ego behind. Let's win some games. Pass the ball, and MJ still got his. I mean, like yeah. you don't average forty plus without getting yours. He, but there was obviously a conscious effort to include more players into it, and yeah. I think that really made a big difference. And Phil Jackson, the way he did his coaching style, dude was a hippie. Dude was lanky as hell. Um, but man, was he a good coach? And it was very, very fun watching that in the last dance as well. That was a good part of the uh, the doctor series. My favorite part about this documentary is it shows the the human in every single player that each player isn't defined by the position they play on the court and the stats that they average and the number of rings that they have. It shows Dennis Rodman was third wheel and then Dennis Rodman became the guy next to Michael Jordan when Pippen was out in, in 97, 98. And he felt slighted and hurt when he had to go back to that third third year old. Like that's a very human reaction. We can all relate to that, right? To be like, oh my God, I'm the guy now. And it's like, oh man, now I'm now I gotta go back to my role. Like they it shows that journey. It shows Pippin's mindset of 
everything that I have been through, I'm going to sign the seven-year deal. And then, of course, I feel slighted and hurt when salaries inflate and we sign new TV contracts and everyone's, I'm the 122nd highest player, paid player in the NBA and stuff like that. It shows he, uh, uh, Michael Jordan feeling, I feel like, I, and I hope that over the years, it this, uh, sorry, over the next few episodes, they develop it more, but they're starting to break down those barriers of Michael Jordan. This they're humanizing person. him. They're humanizing him. Michael Jordan, I want to be like Larry Bird and Magic Jordan. I'm mad that people don't put me in that same same category. And then when he wins and he cries, he's like, I finally did it. I, I am now in that tier of like the greatest to ever play. People were talking like that, about right? it. They, they see yeah. MJ as this competitive freak. Yeah. And then when he finally lets loose and he lets all this emotion out yeah. from getting that game winner in Cleveland uh, versus Cleveland yeah. all the way to winning the first championship, yeah. Man, it's it's hard work, and yeah. he's such a competitive. He's so competitive. I feel like that's one thing they're not highlighting enough is just how competitive and how psychotic MJ is. And part of that is because they want to humanize him. Yeah, I don't think he is human. <laughs> if you ask me, MJ is not human in terms of his competitiveness. He's a freak of nature. Yeah, he will do absolutely anything and everything he can to. And I hope they show that uh, going forward with this docu documentary yeah. is they showed the examples of what he said to um, who's that little guy who played in the Raptors, the Muggsy, little guy, Muggsy Boast. Yeah. You know, when they call it shoot, shoot midget. Yeah. I, I want I, he I don't want him to be this angelic like oh I am no MJ yeah. the reason why he won was because of that so I hope now that they show that he you know like him winning this title that they also show now he's just gonna like completely like you if you want to get through this like, you run by MJ which was yeah. the case in the nineties king, king of the league king of the league it's it's gonna be interesting how they handle the uh, two year sabbatical when uh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to which way they spin it, how they how they go about it. I mean, everyone has their theories. You know, I, I believe that uh, he was gambling and, um, you know, he, he got an under the table suspension from David Stern. But it's going to be Your mind's playing tricks on you. Remember, we were just talking about that. It's going to be interesting. I have a feeling MJ's going to be like, I won three and I said, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and then I came back and said, no, I actually do want to play. <laughs> if they, if they are honest in, yeah. in, you know, like the way that they, they handle this, I'll, yo, huge round of applause to, to Netflix, but I don't foresee that happening. I mean, they've already, you know, like they've already made this MJ guy, like MJ's uh, inspiration. And plus MJ gave his seal, right? He gave his, th his thumbs up. They would not make him, you know, like, yeah. Is, I don't know. It's it's good. It's gonna be interesting. The funniest part, though, to yeah. me in this documentary, was when MJ went full hangover mode and uh, looked seventy two hours to find Dennis Rodman because yeah. he needed his break. That yeah. was so funny to me. Lord Nas back yeah. then was something else. The the graphic, it's like, oh, Dennis Rodman uh, on approved absence from team for 24 hours, and then the counter keeps going up. It goes up to like 84 or something like that, and it's like he's just gone, and like. The, the memes like, damn, someone's got to go to Vegas to get Rodman. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> like, what? No, MJ, it's fine. Like, as we can send someone else, like, don't worry about it. He's like, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> or Scrant's like, no, man, I'm, I'm right here. I'll, I'll do it. He's like, nope, I got it. Uh, it it's it's going to be fun, man. And honestly, one of the the appreciation I'm getting for for basketball back then is is crazy. I'm I'm starting to appreciate it so much more, and I'm glad that I did go through the journey of you know catching up on this documentary. 
one of the one of the tweets that I saw was I think it was by Woj or, or uh, sorry not Woj um, Wob uh, you know Rob Perez or whatever right um, uh, he he tweeted like you know so Hakeem in 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 I think it's the eighty four draft when MJ got drafted uh, Hakeem Olajuwon w- went first in that and it's so crazy to think about that you know Michael Jordan didn't go first in that. But Hakeem Olajuwon still wasn't like a bad pick, and that's crazy. Like you can't even fault the Rockets. That's all the GMs are saying. You yeah. can't fault yeah. Uh, yeah. anybody for like. It, I think Chicago said as well. Like if I had number one pick, I would pick him too. Yeah, I'll and Hakeem. And you know what's crazy? Even after all this context, even after we realize, like you know, MJ might be the greatest player of all time, and all this stuff, you still look back at it and say that wasn't a bad pick. Like, like, do you like, think Hakeem's just not a flashy player because he's one? Yeah, right. He's. I. I feel like. Why don't people uh, talk about him? I. I think he is the greatest big man of all time. That. That is. That's my personal belief. I think that I have not watched enough of his games, obviously, than like someone who's growing up in that era and stuff like that. But I think he's. Or the TBD. Pardon? Yeah. Or the TBD. Yeah, and I think his influence on big men of now. Yeah. Oh, influence. Okay, but yo, TBD has the most perfect career. He does. Jim Duncan has the perfect career. This okay. man is. Yeah, but would you say Tim Duncan? Would you say Tim Duncan's better than LeBron James? Then that that's the thing, right? So, so I think like Hakeem doesn't have the best career in that sense, right? But I think he, as a player, as a, the skill he had and stuff like that, I think he's the best big man of all time. That's that's my personal belief. Like better than Shaq and stuff like that, right? And and maybe Shaq would even agree with me on that, right? Like, I know he has crazy respect for him and stuff like that. I know that. he does. I think, yeah. didn't they play? Yeah, they did. Uh, it was 95 when Hakeem won against Orlando Magic. Yeah. Uh, they did play against in, in the finals. Again. And, and Shaq got completely toast. Yeah. He got toasted by Hakeem. So he absolutely has the most respect for him, as he should. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Like, you just look back at these players and you're like, man, these guys were really, really good. And so that goes back to what I'm saying, man. In the 90s, yo, watching ball in the 90s would be sick. I would yeah. love to watch like a few key games in the 90s just to yeah. see what it was like, man. Just to yeah. see what it was like. The whole, the whole watching sports experience was probably so different than it is yeah. now of, you know, Oh, you're watching the game? Yeah, I'm just going to stream it on my laptop, like in bed or something like that. But and like we're on then. WhatsApp. Yeah. Talk, like, yo, did you guys see it? Part of that is great. Yeah. Part of that is amazing. But I'm also the, um, like these guys, they just got, they just got together at like a, like one of their buddies' places and went to watch it together. Like buddies that's place, so much went more to a cool. Bar, went to a bar, went to the game, like something like that. And it's like, it's a totally different experience watching something like that. For sure. Like that. So before we, before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, what are what are some of the things that you're looking for in this docuseries now yeah. going forward? What I said was I want to see the bad side of MJ. I want to see the completely just disgusting. Like he is the king and he knows it and he treats other players like that. Mm-hmm. I want to see the disrespect because I've seen too much angelic MJ. I want to see some devil who he truly is. I want to see that. So okay. what are you looking for or what are you looking for now? So. So I'm looking forward to um, obviously you know the the gap years to see how they how they spin that. See, and, look at these LeBron fans. Like uh, even it's even it's gonna after be fun. something no, like it's, this, it's interesting. It's not a it's not a it's not a LeBron. <laughs> it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they spin it. Um, that it's gonna be. It, I think it's gonna be good content. Um, other than that, I think I'm looking forward. I, I know you're looking for. Um, okay, so. MJ said before this documentary aired that after watching, people are going to think I'm a jerk. So yeah. I think you're going to end up getting what you want. 
I still am looking for more of like trying to humanize him and make him more relatable, right? Like right now people like revere him and they fear him and stuff like that, right? I'm looking for like a more a story that I can relate to more. It's like, oh, this guy did have some human feelings and and things like that. Like right now it's just Right now he's an overpowered villain. Like he's the he's the guy that he's the villain we root for, but he's so overpowered right now, right? Like Omar, can I tell you something, every, man? Yeah. They've already talked about his shortcomings, not making the high school team and his parents that are tough. They've humanized him to the they've the humanity like in terms of like an anime arc, he is at the top. Like he is a good guy right now. This is as good yeah. as he's going to get because now he's won the first championship and that's how Netflix did it. After yeah. the first championship, now he's just like the king. He is the king of this league and yeah. he's going to show it and I cannot wait to see it in the uh, in the coming episodes. I'm so excited. I don't know. Okay, so so when I mean about humanization, right now what he's saying is if Phil's not here, I'm not I'm not going to come back, right? Yeah. We understand it, but I'd like to get I'd like to have that flushed out a bit more. I'd like for him to explain what phil means to him i'd like for him to say mj would rather retire than play for another coach like that is a powerful decision to make that's a good point and like for you to right now all it's been is like phil's not here i'm not coming kind of yeah so i hope over that time they try to explain like his devotion to a coach or something like that by human i don't mean he's an angel or he's a good guy but yeah i suppose dennis rodman is being humanized because he's feels hurt that he's now back to the third player mm. on the team or something more layers yeah. because obviously layers, every yeah. human being has more yeah. layers exactly so looking for more layers yeah, more, yeah. more layers and and what i'm hoping for so i don't know what uh, how far the leaks are i'm not going to end up watching the leaks or anything like this i don't know what's out there maybe i'm already wrong when i say this but i don't know i'm kind of hoping for like a lebron cameo like for LeBron to come and talk about MJ's influence and and stuff like that, because I think we are going to get future players. I saw a screenshot about episode five, and I see not too. Kobe, yeah, Kobe's going to yeah. be in it, right? So I'm hoping Mamba. maybe at the end of it, there's like a a, a LeBron feature too, where like LeBron kind of talks about the influence, and and that's what I'm. Remember how I mentioned there's a thread that you can follow throughout the NBA of in players influencing other players and see how the game is advanced and stuff. I'd like to them to start expanding that thread and start showing like the influence that he had. I don't want some some bums going on there and talking about oh MJ is my favorite player, right? Like I don't want like Quinn Cook going on there right now. But why would LeBron go then? Oh my god! (laughs) But 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 I think it'd be great, like you know, for yeah, I know, I know. Kind of like a passing the torch thing, right? Like not even that, like because passing the torch is then going to end up being a whole like oh people are going to start hating LeBron. And it doesn't just have to be LeBron. It doesn't have to be a LeBron episode. It's just about like the the impact, the lasting impact that this final year of Jordan had on the game, right? And like follow that thread, see where it goes. I think he's going to make, he's going to, LeBron is definitely going to be in this documentary. Um, I see it happening, man. I think in the last episode, you know, like there's going to be something that happens because it's too, it's such a huge, like, I, you know what though? Now that I think about it, now I feel like MJ is that type to be like, hell nah, I take no damn LeBron in my damn documentary. So, so, so I feel like that's what everyone is thinking. And that's why I'm kind of hoping that like, they just kind of address it. Like, (laughs) <laughs> they just kind of address it and just say like, "Hey, man, like, he's here. It's cool. Like, it's it's cool. we all love each other. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't need to hate each other. Like, like <laughs> Jumpman is is Nike. LeBron is Nike. Like, yeah, they're, they LeBron thinks like I know. LeBron has said that you know, um, 
his age, everyone wanted to be like Mike and stuff like that. And LeBron, you know, he wears 23 and all that. But Dwayne Wade actually said like he and LeBron, they wanted to be like Kobe. Like that was that was their thing. Right. They they loved Kobe Bryant. They wanted to be Kobe. That was who, mm-hmm. who they were. And, and that's crazy to think about that. They still played together so much and stuff like that. But Kobe was the guy for them. So I know that's not how if LeBron does have an appearance in this, that's not how they'll approach it. But it'll I mean, it'll still be interesting to see the impact that that Jordan had. Right. Like get Wade ex- in there, get 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 all these guys in there. I'm excited to see Kobe. Yeah, because we are seeing a lot of like uh, like old coaches and all that. I think that's because as of right now, they're focused. They're still in that timeline of like, yeah. you know, like you're so they have to bring. But I feel like in the later episodes, because there's going to be some form of like, you know, wrap everything up and like look to the future sort of thing. I feel like that's what MJ, I think that's where this documentary is going to go. And, and I hope so, because it would be nice to see like a whole montage of players that were influenced by MJ. Um, and like, you know, even if it's like a little segment on them, like, that'd be, that'd be very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited though, man. Uh, the next one's come out, you know, obviously, you know, it's, I think Sundays, right? Sundays, yeah. I think they, yeah. it'll come up. Yeah, Sundays. Oh, live and then Monday for Netflix. Yeah. But it'll be good. I think with that, I think we can wrap this one up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, okay, I get the music ready. Um, so for everyone watching on our YouTube channel, the Session of Basketball Podcast, or listening on whatever platform you're listening, make sure you show, show some love on that. Uh, make sure you subscribe first and foremost so you can get all these episodes to you on youtube like comment if you're on apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review and uh rating and drop a review as well it really helps us out helps us, our podcast get even more exposure and most importantly cover come over to our instagram it's the session uh the session ball on instagram again that's the session ball on instagram we all we send updates for uh you know when new episodes are up mailbag requests all kinds of fun stuff uh, stay engaged with us uh ben anything else I think that's everything. Just be sure to be interactive with us. I uh, I know that that's what we're trying to do the most right now, uh, especially uh, being in this quarantine. But I feel like everybody who would uh, listen to this session would also be watching The Last Dance. So let's keep the conversation going. I think that's one thing we've always wanted to do. So that's everything on my end, man. Perfect. All right. So everyone here from the session. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. See ya.